Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of unplanned or wildfire and its impact on rangeland and pasture in the Great Plains. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the University of Nebraska Range Management Specialist, Dr. Mitch Stevenson. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Stevenson. Thank you, Aaron. Good to be here. Dr. Stevenson, with the drought we've had this summer across much of Nebraska, we've seen unplanned fire or wildfire occur. Uh, many of these have occurred from dry lightning strikes that have started rangeland fires. As we look at the impact of fire on rangeland, especially unplanned fire, what are some things that managers should be thinking about and looking at as they consider how to care for and steward that land going forward? Yeah, yeah. So, so we've, we've seen quite a bit of, of uh, these wildfires here in the panhandle this year. And um, as is, as is, is was, was historically typical, you know, we think back before we really started suppressing fires, uh, these rangelands were well adapted to be burned, you know, frequently, uh, you know, every five, sometimes sooner, five, 10, 15 years, somewhere in there. Uh, that, that a, a wildfire may go through some of these these areas and so so the plants are fairly well adapted to wildfire but but when we think about it from a production standpoint you know if you were saving grass for your fall or winter pasture um, a wildfire came through here in August then that takes out that grass that you were going to rely on and so um so that that can be that can be a setback, and that can be something that that you have to scramble to to find other resources for, and so so that can be a challenge. But looking forward, you know, because our our plant communities and our grasslands are typically well adapted to fire, um, typically the the response is is uh, is positive, and 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 within the next year, that grass often can come back uh, without without. Too many issues, uh, and it can typically be grazed. Now, um, some of the things to consider would be your range range health before uh, that fire went through. Um, so, if it was in poor health before, uh, had a lot of bare ground or other issues, then then there may be some some things to look at before you turn cattle out the following year. Um, and and really, if there if there was if, if the fire burned a lot of litter. Uh, and there's not a lot of litter ground cover this winter, uh, there may be some concern there too. And so if there is a possibility that you can defer grazing for at least into the to the middle of the growing season, that might be an opportunity to get a little bit more plant cover out there, get a little bit more litter out there uh, before you turn out grazing. But it's something to, to just be mindful of and to pay close attention to into the coming year uh, and as, as far as uh, where your plant community is at, where your, where your growth is at, and uh, some of those other variables. Mitch, as we look at rangeland, obviously in western Nebraska, winter annuals such as cheatgrass, downy brome, Japanese brome have invaded many rangelands. Does a fire in those situations where there's a lot of invasive plants like cheatgrass change how you might think about management, or does it really not make a difference? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's there's been a little bit of research out of uh, northeast Wyoming that would suggest that that fire has a little bit different role with those annual invasives in the Great Plains than it does, let's say, in like uh, northern Nevada and Idaho, where that fire cycle really uh, comes into play, and 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 those plants typically get get uh, to where they they don't survive the perennial plants, and then cheatgrass comes in and takes over. It's almost a monoculture in many areas. Uh, some of the research 
research out of Northeast Wyoming would suggest that it's a little bit different, that our plants here are uh, more adapted to fire perhaps, um, and, and that, that our perennial grasses typically can bounce back and, and uh, still compete with some of that annual cheatgrass. I mean, it'll still be there. Um, you know, there, there is some research here uh, in the panhandle uh, that would suggest that a fall fire would reduce the amount of cheatgrass in the subsequent years. Um, so you're taking out some of those seeds that may be on the ground, um, some of that, that litter layer, which, which can form a microsite for the cheatgrass. Um, and, and so, so it, there may be some reduction in the cheatgrass. Uh, but but it'll still be part of that plant community. Um, but but you know hopefully here in the Panhandle, as the research would suggest, it's not going to cause a huge shift in terms of uh, uh, the monoculture coming in, and our and our perennial grasses will be able to stay and compete. Mitch, as we think about stocking rate on rangeland that's burned late in the summer, how do we think about that for the grazing season coming up here, twenty twenty two? Is there anything you would adjust or look at as you think about stocking rate on rangeland that had an extensive fire this last year? Yeah, you know, I, I think about um, kind of the, the basics that, that we typically recommend, you know, I mean, you really think about the amount of precipitation that you've been getting, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, and really paying attention to, to the, the grasses that are out there. Um, it's so, so typically, uh, the grasses are resilient to, to being burned and then grazed that following year. There's been quite a bit of research that's looked at that. Um, and, and so, but, you know, I, I typically err on the side of caution a little bit, uh, especially, you know, we're coming out of a dry year uh, that, that, that fire is, you know, fire and grazing are very different uh, mechanisms. But, um, but when you think about it, if, if, if you'd graze that clear to the ground, like firewood, um, you know, that would be, that would be, uh, a fairly stressful event for that 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 grass and so uh the fire the fire you know burned everything to the ground in that area uh but but the following year it should come back and it should be okay um so so typically air on the side of caution is where i fall um and you know maybe reduce that stocking rate some like i said before maybe defer uh, to where uh, you give those grasses a little bit more time to recover into the growing season before you turn out to graze and uh, and then just watch carefully, uh, you know, and and and, uh, and and try to leave as much plant material out there as you can for for uh, for for residual uh, stubble heights. Anything else on this, Dr. Stevenson, that you'd recommend people know and understand as they think about caring for managing rangeland after a wildfire? Um, I, I guess I guess the, the the big thing is 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 just that you know fires are a natural occurrence you know that that, that our that our our plant communities out here have uh, have developed with that fire and so it is it is worrisome it is concerning especially now as you see some of these areas that are burned uh, but but like I say our plant communities are fairly resilient and uh, you know and, and and if we if we monitor and watch them closely uh, you know err on the side of caution but uh, you know still think about if there is opportunities to graze uh, that that they, they can be used and still respond positively and come back uh, to the the state they were in before. Well, thanks again for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Aaron. For more information on managing rangeland after fire, I would encourage you to visit with Dr. Mitch Stevenson. He's based at the Panhandle Research and Extension Center.